the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed in the following program may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Keep on trying till Life in Colorado. Hello, my name is Maria Oliver, and this is Life in Colorado. This week, we're going to be talking about sound, specifically music sound and music therapy. The power of sound and music, it's incredible. It can act as an animator. It can spark the senses. It can capture a moment. And in some cases, it can actually heal. Today, we'll be talking with a representative from the Colorado Association of Music Therapy. But let's do a little quick sample. Uh, Richard, do you have that sound plotted up? Yes, I do. All right, let's, let's go ahead and take a quick listen. And when you hear that, that sparks an emotion. To me, it sparks an emotion. It sparks an emotion of anticipation. What does is, what is the kickoff for you? Yeah, it's, it, it does have a little bit of anticipation, especially the way it ends. You sort of expect something else, and, uh, and it, it pulls you along with each chord. Definitely. Let, let's try that, a second clip, something a little bit more lively that might spark a memory for some folks. Now that one, honestly, that that makes me feel lively. That that makes me want to dance. It it makes me think of maybe a blues juke joint yeah. where everybody's having a good. Well, you time. want to move exactly. I noticed we were both sort of involuntarily yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving when the when the when it started. Yeah, swaying in our seats, and that is the power of music. So what we're going to do today, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to speak with Anastasia Canfield. She's with the Colorado Association of Music Therapy, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about the science and the practical applications and, specifically, the public benefits of music therapy. Stay with us. You're a successful sales pro. You're making good money. So what's missing? Do you need something bigger than commissions? Salem Media Group in Denver is seeking an integrated marketing consultant who shares our sense of mission and wants to grow with a great company. We need an experienced, uncompromising self-starter who understands selling, marketing, and ad strategies for digital and broadcast. Join our team and fuel that fire in your belly as you work with existing clients and develop new business in the Denver metro. Go to SalemMedia.com slash careers for more. Today we have with us Anastasia Canfield. She's with the Colorado Association for Music Therapy. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Anastasia. Thank you. And let's see, let's jump right on into it. What is music therapy exactly? 
So the American Music Therapy Association definition is that music therapy is the clinical and evidence-based use of music interventions to accomplish individualized goals within a therapeutic relationship by a credentialed professional who has completed an approved music therapy program. So basically, that's a lot of jargon to say <laughs> that um, we use music within a therapeutic context to drive our therapeutic process. We're board-certified music therapists who have completed at least 1,200 clinical hours within our training. Uh, we have bachelor's degrees and master's degrees that are clinically driven. I have my master's degree from Colorado State University. One thing that kind of struck me about that definition, evidence-based. So that takes away the whole thinking it's a holistic or, or thinking there there's not a result because, because you actually have proof. Is that what evidence-based means? We have research to support the efficacy of music therapy, yes. We, are, we have publications in medical journals, psychiatric journals, arts and psychotherapy journals, as well as our own journal for music therapy and music therapy perspective journals. Yes, I, I mean, I've noticed personally just from my own mood, a, a particular sound can spark an emotion, whether that emotion is happiness or a memory or, or even a sense of calm or even certain sadness at, at certain songs. Is that kind of how you've measured it or or have you measured it by this person is feeling better this person is sleeping better how, how is it measured right it really depends on the client and we use client preferred music so that means that it is the music that they are most familiar with and most engaged with and at times yeah that does evoke an emotional uh, response and we are hardwired to respond to music. However, a person's unique traits and experiences also influence how they perceive music. So a song that many people might think sounds very happy, if a person has experienced a traumatic event, for example, while they heard that song, they might have an association that's very negative to it. So there's really no prescriptive music or music that universally speaks to a certain emotion. So is it, is it kind of like we have Pavlovian responses to, to sound? It can be that. Can you tell me a little bit about the history of music therapy? Absolutely. So the foundation for music therapy really is began to be laid prior to written history. Hmm. In uh, Greece and Egypt, places like that, music has been used in traditional medicine for eons. However, more recently, the practice of music therapy as we know it today was really developed in the 1940s when the first music therapy programs were developed. And Ether Gaston, who is considered the father of music therapy, helped to push the envelope for music therapy in hospitals and the training of music therapists. He was the music education chair of the University of Kansas. That's where the first music therapy program started. Okay. Given that it appears that we're more a nation that turned directly to big pharma, you got a headache, take a pill, can't sleep, take a pill, whatever, take a pill. Is music therapy a treatment, a cure, or is it holistic medicine? It's certainly a treatment, and we work alongside 
other healthcare professionals. So we address some of the same or similar goals as, say, doctors and nurses, occupational therapists, physical therapists, etc. And we're considered an adjunctive or ancillary therapy. So in terms of holistic, we do take into consideration all aspects of a person. For example, if I am working with someone who has a motor deficiency, and one of our goals is to work on their specific motor skills. However, they come into a session and they're highly emotionally dysregulated. I'm going to meet them where they're at, which we call the ISO principle, meeting our clients where they're at. And I'm going to get them stabilized emotionally before we jump into our motor skill exercise. You mentioned a term that I'm not familiar with, emotionally dysregulated? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So someone who is emotionally dysregulated, that could look like a, a number of different things. But for example, I work with psychiatric populations as well as autism spectrum disorders. And sometimes a kiddo with autism will come in, they'll be very upset over something. They might be crying or screaming. And my goal at that point is to calm them down. So emotionally dysregulated is they're just not in a great emotional place to really deal with their environment. And what types of illnesses or, or diseases can, can music help? Music therapists work with basically any population from prenatal through end of life. Hmm. We get a blanket degree, and so we're trained to in the principles to work with basically any population. Lovely. So definitely it's, it's applicable to everyone because you're individualizing each treatment. Absolutely. And here's kind of the, the, the tough question. I mean, I personally know that the benefits of, of auditory sound and, and how they can soothe or how they can build up or how they can kind of clear a vision, but what are some of the misperceptions about music therapy? Yes, I am so glad that you asked this question. <laughs> we are often not taken seriously by a number of, of people, people who don't know much about healthcare and some people who just don't know much about music therapy, even if they are in healthcare. And the reality is a lot of people think that we just come into hospitals or nursing homes and play the piano and people just feel better. And that's really not what it is. We assess our clients. We create tailored treatment plans with goals and objectives that are relevant to their life, that are non-musical, as we say. So we're addressing the same things as other healthcare professionals, but we're doing it through a music experience. The music is driving the work that we're doing with that client. We're highly educated, having at least a bachelor's, if not a master's degree. We're, our field is going toward a master's level entry. So that's comparable to licensed professional counselors and occupational therapists. We're board certified as well. So after we complete all of our coursework and our clinical internships, we're eligible to sit for the certification board for music therapists, giving us the distinction music therapist board certified or MTBC. Lovely. So, so it's not holistic medicine. These are actually clinical professionals. And this is kind of a tricky question because I know you already told me that the sessions are, are individualized per client. 
But just a hypothetical situation. What if you had um, someone like me, someone who's very anxious all the time, <laughs> like for absolutely positively no reason? What type of auditory sessions or, or how would you go about figuring out what type of sound or, or music to, to play for someone who has maybe anxiety issues? So another thing about music therapy is that it's a very active process. It's not a passive, simply the, the client is listening to me doing something. There is a, a therapeutic relationship in which the client has a very active role in the session. So if I were working with you and we're, we're working together on some anxiety, mm-hmm. I'd first assess what are some of your what are some of your music preferences? What kind of music do you like? And then we would start from there and use that because it's already familiar to you. You already have an emotional connection to that. Then we would explore what does that music do for you? What purpose does it serve in your life? And we might create a playlist that meets you where you're at, so that place of anxiety, and then move to a different emotion, say calm or happiness, joy, wherever you would like to go. And so now you have this playlist that you can use in your daily life. And the, the client takes that, that list with them and, and kind of maybe triggers it if they're having a, an event, or, or how does that work? Right. Yes. So everything that we do, the goal is to transfer something out of the session. So the idea would be that the client would be able to use this playlist in in their daily life without their therapist. And and I know you said that that everything is individual based, but (laughs) I'm going to try to get you in trouble here. What are are some of the the genres or or artists that are are pretty prevalent in the sessions? Is, Is there one artist that sticks out or or one sound that everybody can kind of mellow to? No pressure. I'm just putting you on the spot. That's all. <laughs> just on the spot right there. Hmm. Well, um, I would not necessarily say a, a genre or artist mm-hmm. that um, sticks out to anyone in particular, but I think a lot of instrumental music strikes people as relaxing, slower, um, slower, more melodic music. I often play the piano for one of my relaxation groups where I work. And nearly every time, it's almost unanimous that my patients say that they feel more relaxed, they feel calmer, they feel more grounded. And using the piano in a way that isn't intending for them to go to that place, Mm -hmm. kind of like what I had mentioned with the, the anxiety to calm sort of thing. You can do that also with live music, improvisation. And that's probably the most common response that I have seen in my work is instrumental, slow, melodic, oftentimes piano, sometimes guitar. So just that general soothingness. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, events or anything coming up? Unfortunately, we don't have anything in the queue right now. Um, however, we do post on our our website, musictherapycolorado.org, or anyone can email me at treasurer at musictherapycolorado.org, and I would be happy to update anyone on that information.
We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. And we're back. We're speaking with Anastasia Canfield about music therapy. Okay, uh, thank you so much for, for talking with us, Ms. Canfield. Let's see. Give me an example of a, a client success story, a, someone that you've worked with and, and you've put a plan in place that, that you've actually helped them and they've actually kind of walked away better. Yeah, I love this question also because there's, I have a number of success stories and I think most music therapists do what we do is, is really quite amazing. One client in particular comes to mind whenever I hear that question now and she was a young adult in a psychiatric facility that I worked for. She had been a revolving door, as we say, and had been in and out of the hospital throughout nearly her whole life. I think the first time she had been hospitalized was when she was about five years old. So it was, she was a complex case. Well, we worked individually together. She was hospitalized inpatient at the hospital that I was working at, and we did an intervention in a group that was a songwriting intervention. It was a fill-in-the-blank songwriting intervention, which means that I take a pre-existing song and then tailor it to almost be like a Mad Libs sort Hmm. of experience, and the patients put in their own words to the song, and then we perform it for each other. It can be a really empowering and just wonderful experience for them. Um, often they've never done something like that before, and it's, they, they feel very proud of their, of their songs. And this client just really took to that. She started taking her own music the music, her preferred music that she listens to, and started writing her own songs like that. She told me one day, I really want to perform this. And fortunately, we had a talent show coming up. And so I played guitar, and she sang this song that she wrote. And it was essentially her life story in a song. About a month later, she was discharged, and she hasn't been back to the hospital since. And that's been nearly four years now. Lovely. Awesome. Let's see. And, and given that, that you spent all this time studying and, and that you've had all these individual clients, what are your hopes for the future of music therapy and your program? My hope is that music therapy can be recognized and respected throughout the healthcare profession and that music therapists can really start integrating in all healthcare um, facilities, all, all sorts of hospitals and different things. A lot of times, music therapists have to advocate for their own jobs, have to create their own jobs, um, get a grant for a hospital, or propose a program to a CEO, and try to convince people that this is important. My hope is that we will get to a place where 
people start to believe that this is a necessary part of treatment, much like so many other healthcare professions. Okay, this is the fun question that I ask everybody. What does life in Colorado mean to you? Wow. I That's a bit of a loaded question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go as broad or as specific as you like. Doesn't even matter. Wonderful. Um, well, I am not a Colorado native. I am actually from Texas. I moved here about five years ago for my graduate degree in music therapy. And life in Colorado is just beautiful, literally and figuratively. There has been so much life change for me that has happened here since I moved here and so much growth for myself. I think that I truly found myself in Colorado. I also love visiting the mountains and love being so close to such a deep natural world here. And I I feel like that helps me foster growth in a way that I never thought I really could until I moved here. Is there, is there anything else that you, you wanted to add about music therapy, about your program, about anything at all? Yeah, actually, I encourage anyone who is interested in music therapy to reach out to a music therapist and ask if they can observe. It's really difficult to put such a broad profession um, and try to explain it in a nutshell. And we have a number of music therapists that have their information on our website at musictherapycolorado.org, all spelled out. And any of them would be happy to have someone come and observe and ask questions or get coffee or something. I've had a few people email me and ask to observe a session, and I just get so excited getting to share what I do um, so that would be my encouragement for people who are listening to this. All righty. So we have been speaking with Anastasia Canfield. She is with the Colorado Association for Music Therapy. Thank you so much for joining us today.
trouble melts like lemon drops high above the chimney top. That's where you find me, oh, somewhere over the rainbow. Bluebirds fly, and the dream that you did to. And that does it for our show today. Thank you so much to Anastasia Canfield for sitting down and talking with us about music therapy. Richard Robertson is our producer. I'm Maria Oliver, and this is Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.